welcome back to the second installment of Women of the Bible. Our first installment was all about the life of Deborah, a judge in Israel. We learned about Deborah and how she ruled Israel, and we learned how God brought victory to the nation of Israel through Deborah, a judge and a prophet in Israel. We are going to study this time the women of the Bible, namely Hannah. Hannah, a woman whose prayer was answered. When we read the account of Hannah, we are first introduced to Elkanah. Elkanah is Hannah's husband. Elkanah's heritage is the first thing to which we are introduced. Elkanah was a Levite from the tribe of Levi, and Levi was a son of Israel. You can read in 1 Chronicles chapter 6, verses 34 through 38, the details of the lineage of Elkanah. Verse 31 in chapter 6 of 1 Chronicles says this, and these are they whom David set over the service of song in the house of the Lord. After that, the ark had rest. So Elkanah, again, was a Levite, meaning from the tribe of Levi. And he, uh, that means he was, he had a priestly role. He had a priestly office, a priestly role, and a priestly duty. And he was from a long line of uh, priest, priests. He was a Levite. They served as priests and attended to the house of God and the things um, therein. We are going to look at the account of Hannah's life and her um, Hannah's life occurred. The account of Hannah's life occurred at the close of the era of the judges. And we just said Deborah was a judge. She ruled at the time of judges. There were 15 judges. Um, Deborah was one. And uh, this, at this time, it was the close of the era of the judges. And just before Israel asked God for a king, namely Saul. Let's go back and read Judges 21.25. Judges 21.25 says, it is, uh, it says, In those days, there was no king in Israel. Everyone did what was right in his own eyes. So this was the climate in which we find Hannah, Elkanah, and Penina, Elkanah's second wife. We know from reading the scripture that we can avoid all kinds of conflict and trials by adhering to the word of God. Elkanah had two wives, and this was a definite breach of God's command and caused conflict. 1 Samuel chapter 1 in verse 6 says that Hannah's adversary, which was Penina, provoked her sore for to make her fret because she was barren and could not bear children. This adversary, as I said, was Penina, Elkanah's second wife. Penina was able to have children, and she did. 
The scripture says she had sons and daughters. And in 1 Samuel chapter 1, verse 4, the scripture says this. She had sons and she had daughters and Hannah did not have any. The scripture says that Penina did that. She provoked and taunted Hannah as they went to Shiloh and worshiped there until Hannah became so upset that she wept and she would not eat. So this happened year after year. And apparently, um, and obviously, it was a tense and it made Elkanah unhappy. Because Hannah was upset, God uh, moved Elkanah and God used Elkanah to demonstrate his love for us through this passage of scripture. Elkanah's response to Hannah's despondency demonstrates this love. In 1 Samuel chapter 1, verse 8, the Bible states that Elkanah went to Hannah and asked why she was weeping and why she refused to eat. Her heart was grieved about the situation and Elkanah reassured Hannah, reminding her that he was that he cared for her and that he was better to her than 10 sons could be. So he questioned her and asked her if she did not remember that he was had been better to her than 10 sons could ever be. Evidently, Elkanah took care to give Hannah a worthy portion of the meat of the the uh, meat that he sacrificed, and of course, Penina received uh, portions of the meat because she had those children. Um, and he gave Hannah a worthy portion, even though she had no child. And this was because of his love for her. This meant he gave her uh, financial support, material resources. Um, well beyond her needs. So she received more than what her needs required and her needs were um, sufficiently met and she received above and beyond what her needs required. His care for her was better than what 10 sons could ever give her, the scripture states. Hannah was unable to eat as we said before because she was upset and she could not have a child and Penina continued to berate her, belittle her and uh, cause her to become bitter. In fact, um, the Bible says she was in bitterness of soul. This is not good. Hannah's response to Penina, Penina's taunting was inappropriate. It was um, selfish, she became sullen and resentful, um, despondent. The inability to have a child was seen as a stigma in biblical times. Knowing this, year after year, Penina would still taunt Hannah about this 
uh, situation. And Hannah, uh, and they knew Hannah would have no one to care for her uh, once Elkanah was gone because she had no sons. Uh, This was frowned upon in society at that time. And again, it was a, a stigma. So Hannah was upset. She didn't know what to do. She was in bitterness of soul. And she was experiencing uh, the ungodly behavior and taunting and provoking um, from Penina. Well, when Elkanah noticed that Hannah was upset, again, he attempted, he, as I said, attempted to console Hannah. Uh, Apparently, his encouragement helped Hannah because... She eventually was able to eat. They were in Shiloh. Um, They made that trek once a year to go to worship there. Um, And Elkanah did this um, in obedience to his faith in God. Um, Elkanah's uh, questioning of Hannah um, says this. He went to Hannah and asked her why her heart was sad. Why is your heart sad? is what the King James Version says. And this can be interpreted from the Hebrew as, why is your heart bad, your heart bad? Or meaning to be envious or to have a begrudging eye. So to be envious, we know, have a begrudging eye is not uh, what, what God would have Hannah to do, is not a godly response. And um, in any situation that we may encounter, no matter how unfair or how ungodly or how um, intense the situation, we know to become envious and resentful, sullen and selfish is not uh, does not demonstrate the wisdom of God. Her resentful attitude revealed a wrong focus. According to life principles from the Word of God 2, which is a Bible study by Wayne Barber and other authors, a very excellent resource, a workbook uh, that details the life of Hannah and several other women from the Bible there is um, a book one and a book two and Hannah's story is recorded in the second edition of the principles from the word of God life principles from the word of God too in fact so her resentful attitude revealed a wrong focus she was not focused on God her relationship with God and depending upon God to rectify or answer a prayer or fulfill her desire for a child. She, in fact, was becoming more focused on Penina in her hurtful words and becoming despondent. We, like Hannah, can become resentful with the unseemingly or the seemingly fair, unfair and harsh treatment we endure or observe um, someone else enduring. It can become easy to respond in an ungodly manner. 
seeking revenge or defending ourselves can become a habit and a crutch upon which we rely and uh, that diverts our focus from Jesus. The Bible the Bible promises that when we endure persecution, we can know that God is our advocate. If we have sinned in this way, we can know we can go to our Father and seek his forgiveness and Jesus will intercede and plead our case on our behalf before God the Father. In persecution, he will strengthen us, establish and settle us. First Peter 5 and 10 says, He will perfect, confirm, and firmly establish us, ground us, and lay a foundation that will make us stable, will make us grounded in the faith of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. The Bible says only do not suffer persecution as a murderer, evildoer, or a busybody in other people's matters. So we have to be careful not to respond improperly and not to um, cause conflict ourselves by ungodly behavior. The Bible says, Humble yourselves under the mighty hand of God, that he may exalt you in due time. 1 Peter 5 and 6. Hannah finally decided to take the matter to God. So she finally found the strength to eat again. After they finished their meal in Shiloh, she went to the temple, um, the temple of the Lord, to pray. Still in bitterness of soul, she wept sore before the Lord of hosts. She asked him to look upon her affliction. She wanted him to pay attention to see and hear um, her plea for a child. We can know when we go to God that he hears us. He inclines his ear to us, the scripture says. So he, it's a, when it, we hear the scripture state that he inclines his ear to us it's a bending down a leaning toward us if you will um so god is paying special attention to us he is not distracted when we go to him we call upon him in prayer so the account of hannah teaches us when we encounter any type of trial or tribulation, persecution, uh, any type of adverse circumstance, we can know that we can go to God and pray. If in fact we need to ask for forgiveness, we should do that and we can know that God will cleanse us from all unrighteousness and hear our prayer. Dear Lord, please help me to depend on you to fight my battles. I do not wrestle with flesh and blood enemies, but with principalities and rulers in high places. 
Lord, help me to yield my members as instruments for your use, holy and consecrated. Do let not let me fall for the schemes of the enemy by giving in to despair and resentment. When things appear to be barren and beyond hope, help me to fix my eyes on you, Jesus, the author and the finisher of my faith. Help me to forgive and be forgiven of any bitterness, resentment, or anger. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. Come back again for part two of Hannah, a woman whose prayer was answered, and more of what God has to say about Hannah and his love for us during trying times. segment we learned that Hannah was a woman who lived in Ephraim. Uh, Ephraim is a city near Jerusalem in Israel and Hannah was married to a Levite named Elkanah and they could not have children. Uh, This was a problem that was exacerbated by the fact that Elkanah, his other wife, could not have uh, children could have children. This is Penina. Penina could have children. Hannah could not. The Bible states that marriage is between one man and one woman. Uh, We talked about the fact that Elkanah was married to both of these women. And Genesis 2, 22-24, Deuteronomy 17 and 17, 1 Timothy 3 and 2. Um, These verses state that one woman and one man uh, constitute a marriage. So uh, Penina was married to Hannah secondly and Hannah was married to Elkanah first and the tension between these two women grew. Uh, Both women as I said were married to him and uh, it caused problems. So they, as they went to the temple year after year, when they went to the temple, there were problems. So this, this fact caused problems for their marriage for years. Elkanah was an Ephraimite from Ephraim, or um, if you will, he was a descendant of Ephraim, the son of Joseph. Uh, Joseph had two sons, Manasseh and Ephraim. Um, And according to Easton's Bible, I find it quite interesting, Elkanah was a wealthy man of high position. Um, He was a Levite, and he was of the lineage of Levites who were assigned over the music in the temple. Um, We talked about his priestly lineage, and in the previous segment we said that he was um, able to give portions, worthy portions of what he sacrificed to his... Um, wives and his children and he gave Hannah a double portion so he was being careful to take care of her and make sure that that she was that he provided for Hannah Um, so this 
also points to the fact that he was a wealthy uh, individual. Now, Hannah uh, went to pray to the temple to pray. She asked the Lord to look upon her affliction. Remember in the previous segment, I said that Hannah was met with reproach because of her her concern with having a child. Um, Well, Hannah was the fourth woman recorded in the Bible to suffer with the apparent problem with um, the inability to bear a child. Uh, Sarah, if you remember Sarah and Abraham, God promised them a child that they would be descendants of a nation, a great nation. Um, So their descendants would be more than the grains of sand. Um, In Genesis chapter 18, verses 13 and 14, it says this concerning Sarah. And they said unto him, where is thy wife? So Abraham is uh, visited by three messengers, which are angels, angels of God. And they wanted to know, where is Sarah? They said unto their, unto Abraham, where is Sarah, thy wife? And he said, behold, in the tent. And he said, I will certainly return unto thee according to the time of life. And lo, Sarah, thy wife, shall have a son. And Sarah heard it in the tent door, which was behind him. Now, Abraham and Sarah were old and well-stricken in age and ceased to be, and it ceased to be with Sarah after the manner of women. So at this time, when the three angels visited Abraham, uh, they were old, older of age, and it was past the time where they would even um, think that they would be able to have a child. But these angels visited them and said that, in fact, she would. So uh, Sarah, as recorded in the scripture, had dealt with the inability to have a, ch- a child. Also, Rebecca. Rebecca is, an, is another woman mentioned in the scriptures. In Genesis chapter 25, verse 21 says, And Isaac entreated the Lord for his wife, Rebecca, because she was barren, and the Lord was entreated of him. And Rebecca, his wife, conceived. So Rebecca uh, suffered with um, infertility and... Isaac, her husband, prayed for her, and the Lord answered his prayer. The Lord heard his prayer. Um, he was entreated and entreated and heard uh, Isaac's prayer and answered his prayer, and Rebecca, his wife, conceived. Then there was Rachel. Rachel, uh, in Genesis chapter 30. Genesis chapter 30 mentions Rachel and her inability to have a child. Uh, chapter 30 verses 22 to 24 says and God remembered Rachel and God hearkened to her and opened her womb and she conceived and bare a son and said God hath taken away my reproach and she called his name her son's name Joseph and said the Lord shall add to me another son 
So she had another son after Joseph, and this was Benjamin. These women were recorded in the Bible along with Hannah. So they uh, suffered from the same uh, concern that Hannah had for years. Well, Hannah finally decided to go to the temple to pray about the matter, and God heard her prayer. When she made the request of God to look upon her affliction, Hannah was asking God to look at her problem, to look at her heart, to um, look at the seemingly impossible situation. She uh, Hannah told Eli, the priest who was at the temple when she went there to pray, um, she told him in a response to a question about her state. Um, well, Eli, Eli supposed that she had been drinking because of the way she was praying. So her lips were moving. She was crying. She was upset. So you can see that um, maybe she was prostrate before the Lord um, there with her face to the ground, crying out to God and um, her lips were moving. So he thought she was drunk, that she had been drinking. Um, and 1 Samuel chapter 1, verse 15 says that she poured out her soul uh, before the Lord. So that's what she was doing. And Eli questioned um, what she was doing. And he thought, as I said, possibly that she had been drinking. She had not. She told Eli this. Um, and it's, it's important to note that Hannah's response to Eli's question about her sobriety or whether or not she had been drinking um, was a respectful response. It was respectful of the priest's office and uh, let Eli know that she was, she let Eli know that she was entreating the Lord fervently. Um, Matthew Poole's commentary, I read about this encounter um, between Eli and Hannah and it put it this way that she was breathing forth the griefs perplexities and desires of her soul so she was very fervent uh, she was very upset as I said she had been dealing with this um, her infertility or inability to have a child she dealt with the stigma of it um, in her society and she didn't know why God had allowed this to happen to her um, but she finally decided to take it to God in prayer and then Eli at the end of her conversation Eli answered and said go in peace and the God of Israel grant thee thy petition that thou hast asked of him and she responded let thy handmaid find grace in thy sight so Hannah went her way and she did eat and her countenance was no more sad. So she left her request there at the temple in prayer and her countenance was changed. So she wasn't of sad countenance any longer. We have heard time and time again to cast our care upon the Lord because he cares for us. And we know that that is true. And Hannah's account here in 1 Samuel uh, demonstrates God's love for us and that he is willing to hear us and listen to us and answer our prayers. God thinks of us continually. Uh, verse, uh, verse 17 and 18 in Psalms 
Psalm 139 says this, that his thoughts of us are more than the grains of sand. How precious also are thy thoughts unto me, O God. And his thoughts about us are precious. It is awesome and precious to think that God continually thinks of us. So we can take this time to think of him. How often do we think of him? And I think that I am convicted to think of God more often. Spend less time on social media. Spend quiet time to sit and think of him, to read his word, and to ponder his awesomeness and his love for us. Uh, We are to ask God to get involved in our lives and in the problems that we may incur, big ones, small ones. Um, When we do this according to his word, God has promised to answer. Our job is to believe and receive. So we believe God and receive according to his word. And 1 John 5, 14 and 15 states that, and this is the confidence that we have in him, that if we ask anything according to his will, he heareth us. And if we know that he hears us, whatsoever we ask, we know that we have the petitions that we desire of him. We cannot ask God anything we want, feel, or think may be right or fair. It is essential to apply the Bible accurately, and that includes in our prayers. So we, when we make a request to God, we should make sure that it is a request according to his word. When Hannah left the temple after praying and speaking with Eli, her countenance reflected her faith. The scripture says her countenance was no more sad, so unburdening herself before the Lord relieved her anxiety and filled her with hope. The Bible says, let your request be made known unto God and the peace of God that passes all understanding, our understanding, shall keep your heart and your minds through Christ Jesus. Hannah now had the peace of God. God granted Hannah's request. God answered her prayer. Samuel was born. Hannah said, For this child I prayed, and the Lord has given me my petition, which I have asked of him. Isn't that awesome? Our prayer may not be for a child who is longed for by its mother, but perhaps for a job for a material possession, a thriving ministry, or to heal our nation or society of its ills. What do we see is most needful? Is it wisdom, discernment, compassion, fervency, or commitment? Gratefulness should be our response when God answers our prayers by keeping his promises. Let's look at Hannah's response to God's answer to her prayers. Hannah's prayer of praise in in chapter 2 of 1 Samuel points us to Jesus. How awesome is that? Jesus is all we need. He is the answer to every problem, every situation that we could ever encounter. 
So Hannah said the horn of her salvation has been exalted. Her horn is exalted, she said. The horn is a symbol of strength and might. In this prayer of praise, Hannah says the Lord is her strength. Her horn is exalted or lifted up, as I said. She praises the Lord for his omnipotence, his mighty power. And she tells him there is no God like him, and there isn't. She had been strengthened, and finally, we can know there is no one like the Lord God. There is no other God that can be compared to him. And Hannah prays this in her prayer. There is no God beside him, no God equal to the Lord God our Father. There is no rock like our God. He is stable. He is fixed. He can be depended upon. He is our rock. She rejoiced in God because he saved her from her barrenness. He was her salvation. He is my salvation. He is our salvation. So we can thank God for giving us everything that we need, everything that we desire. He has done done it all. Jesus Christ is the answer. And we can thank him and praise him for his salvation. Thank you for taking the time with me to explore the Bible and the life of Hannah. May we remember to go to God with all our concerns and not only what concerns us, but to praise him and thank him for what he has done. The scripture says, call upon me and I will answer thee and show thee great and mighty things which thou knowest not. We trust you, O God, with our lives, with our concerns, with our joys. Join me again as we reason together in the things of God. Until then, be blessed.